Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. Hey there, Marketeers. This week, I am joined by Maisha Hagen, owner of Beauty and the Boss, to talk about career coaching, why it's not only for executives, and also the difference between coaching, mentorship, and sponsorship. I hope you dig in and enjoy. Well, thank you so much, Maisha, for joining us today. Maisha Hagen is the owner and head coach at Beauty and the Boss, a professional development and career coaching service for women in male-dominated industries. Prior to starting Beauty and the Boss, Maisha's career was concentrated in the AEC, architecture, engineering, construction, as professional services marketer, director, and member of an executive leadership team for multi-million dollar companies. She has a passion for people a mind for business, and a gift to teach. Welcome, Maisha. Thank you. So first off, how did you get started in the AEC industry? What's your story? I have a crazy story. I was very young working at a bagel shop, and there was a lady that used to come in pretty daily, and I just would say hi, and she always got a plain bagel with plain cream cheese. And one day I left work and I was walking down the street and I was so broke, Keelan, I didn't even have money for bus fare. And this same lady basically tracked me down on the street and said, my husband owns an architecture firm. He's looking for a receptionist. I see you in the bagel shop all the time. You're amazing. And I want you to have the job. And first of all, I thought she was crazy, but... (laughs) Because who tracks people down on the street like that, except for crazy people. But it ended up being really my introduction to this industry. And so I worked for that small firm for a while. And then it's just been navigating. I did a lot of accounting work. I did some office administration. I did some project engineering and actually one day I said, I want to do marketing. I want to do marketing. And I don't know what made me feel that way. It just was like, I knew that was the direction I wanted to go. And then another crazy story at the time I was working for a home builder. And I remember I left work on my lunch break to go get my eyebrows done. And uh, I used to go to this barber to do my eyebrows. And he said to me one day, what do you do again? (laughs) And I said, oh, you know, I help track expenses on new construction projects of home development, blah, 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 blah. And before I even realized it, I said, but this is the last job I'm going to have like this. And when I went back to work that day, they fired me. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> they fired me. But it was really what I needed to help me really kind of get out of the nest and get out of the boat and go for what I really wanted. And so although I had been at, you know, in AEC for a long time, at that point, I think already maybe 10 years that was the actual point that pushed me into specifically marketing and AEC. So being stalked by a bagel customer and being fired from a job. (laughs) (laughs) So then what motivated you to start Beauty and the Boss? Yeah, so fast forward like another 10 years or so, and 
I actually got really sick. Like I got sick to the place that I actually took off work for almost three months. And the only way I can explain it is that I downshifted, right? So in AEC, and you know this, right? And your audience knows this, marketers run. We run hard, we run fast, we run in a lot of different directions, we have to pivot fast, right? It's, it's like if we're a car, we're in kind of like, mm, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> and I like that pace. It was a natural pace for me, like I could do it. My job rewarded it, like it was fine, but getting sick and being off, I literally downshifted in my pace. And I knew I couldn't run like that anymore, that same way. And so I just started thinking about like, what can I do? What do I want to do? I had been already in this space of kind of speaking and I had done some executive coaching. I had run mentorship program through SPS for three years. So I was already in this space. It really does come from my heart, but it was kind of a combination of those things, right? Of, of feeling something different internally, um, really needing to honor that, but also still wanting to like be in the mix, right? I, I love this industry. I love these people. I love marketing. And so Beauty and the Boss was kind of a natural outlay of that, all those intersections. Excellent. You mentioned coaching and yeah. I know we hear a lot about mentors and sponsors. How is a coach different? That's a great question. Because a lot of times I think people feel like, well, I, I have a great mentor, right? Or I have people in my network that I can call when I have questions. And so maybe I don't need a coach. Mentors are typically people who, in some way, shape, or form, are, are friends to us, right? They're people right. who we, we admire what they do, we admire their success, and we admire what they know. They are really good for kind of popping in right you kind of pop in once a month or every couple months and you give updates and maybe you have a question and maybe they provide some general advice right or some encouragement and then you kind of move on but when they say call me anytime they don't mean it right <laughs> because they ain't got time to be walking you through the drama of your life. They're walking through their own drama, their own mm -hmm. life, right? So how coaching is different from mentorship, honestly, is that I'm in there with you, right? We're working very focused, very specifically. I love learning by doing. I think that's the way that adults learn. So it's not just, hey, here's an idea, but it really is working to a strategy and tactics and then go do it come back, what did we learn? Go do it, come back, what did we learn? What do we tweak, right? Mm -hmm. With sponsors, I mean, sponsors are really internal to your organization. So for anyone who doesn't know, a sponsor is someone who, internal to your organization, they are batting for you, they are willing to expend their capital, their reputation for your benefit. So this is the person that is buying for you when you are not in the room, right? And everyone needs to have a sponsor. But again, they have to kind of create some space between you and them, right? They cannot be your puppet master, nor should they be, right? They need to be 
focused on what they're doing. And it's great if they can help support you in what you're doing, but they cannot lead you in what you need to be doing. And so again, with the coach, I just kind of have a gift to see like, where do you want to go? What are you working with? Because everyone has a different set of resources, landscape, everyone's situation is different. And how do we navigate that for your benefit? And ultimately you grow from it, right? Versus with a mentor, you're building a relationship with a sponsor, you're trying to get maybe a certain job out of coaching, you grow. Okay. So coaching isn't necessarily meant to replace mentors or sponsors. It's meant to sort of supplement your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think coaching is great when you have a very specific focus and you want to dig into it very hard and very fast. So over two or three months, as opposed to over two or three years. I see. Well, that's handy. (laughs) (laughs) So then why do you think it's so important to provide coaching to staff other than executives? Because the only coach I've ever heard of in careers is executive coaches. I know, and I hate it. Oh, (laughs) I do, because it feels so exclusive, right? Right. When we look at an organization, I mean, there's a handful of people that maybe have a C in front of their title, another handful that maybe are principals or directors. But quite honestly, the larger part of our workforce and our teams are in another category, right? They're in middle management. They're in a growth phase of their career. And so within the workplace, what we see is there's a lot of energy given to people right out of college, right? A lot of energy given to interns or new employees. There's a lot of energy given to executives, but the larger swath in the middle is kind of ignored, right? But let's think of it this way. Without really good sandwich meat in the middle, you just have bread, right? Without the cream, you don't have an Oreo. And so I like to focus in the middle because that's where the good stuff is. I feel like people in that phase of their career, they're close to the problems. They probably have great insight on the solution. Marketers in general have great access to people in almost every area of organization. Mm-hmm. This is where we're going to find the best solutions and cultivate the greatest portion of talent within our firms. And so that's why I focus there. That's such a great point. I mean, you think about marketers and we are really working with the full gamut of our organizations. With that in mind, what do you wish that more mid-level employees knew? Mm. The thing I wish that people really knew is that they already know enough. Okay. And what I mean by that is many times we feel like we kind of look upstream, right? To the white castle in the sky. Right. And we're like, oh, they've got years of experience. They've got master's degrees. They know all of these people. They've got all these certifications. And it's almost like it's belittling what we have and what we know and what we've acquired. And I, I really want people to understand, like, you've got the goods. And it's just a matter of refining them and focusing them and using them for your benefit and not just for your company's benefit. Sure. 
So what type of support could you get from a career coach that you might not find elsewhere? First of all, when you get a new job, some companies are really good about having an onboarding process of some sort, but many times as an individual, you can kind of feel like you're flailing, right? Because you don't know the people, you don't know the structure, you can't remember your login, you don't know where IT is, it's just a lot. And so that's been one area that I've really enjoyed working with people is helping them to establish a really good foundation within that first, you know, 60, 90, 120 days and really making sure that they're really establishing a strong personal brand and that they are backing that up with action, right? Another area I think is if you're already within your firm and you see that there's a need, you see that there is a hole, right? Mm -hmm. But there is no path to that hole. There's no job description. HR hasn't come out and say, hey, we're doing a search for this, but you see it so clearly. I love working with people to help them position themselves and then basically create their own role. And where I've seen that a lot is a bridge between tactical HR and people facing HR, if that makes sense. Because marketing professionals specifically have a set of skills that leverage themselves very well to the people part of HR. Right. Not so much the policy part of HR. <laughs> right. Okay. We don't like we don't like writing policies and all that stuff as much, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll ask you in your job, do you find yourself to be the camp counselor more often than not? Definitely. I feel like I am a part-time therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So what is that skill? It's building trust. It's building rapport, right? It's listening. It's being able to communicate. It's being able to teach and instruct. And so those things leverage really well in people-facing roles. And so helping people bridge, marketers bridge into kind of new opportunities. And then honestly, I think another space is like, you know your job technically and what Mm -hmm. you're missing is this leadership piece, right? And you sense that there's a game of power being played around you and you don't know how to play that game. Okay, yeah. Right, and so I love helping women play that game. Sure, that makes sense. I'll give you an example. You know there's a big meeting coming up. And you have a big idea that you are going to pitch at this meeting, right? You want to present to this team. And they give you 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, you're trying to cram everything you know, right? And try to convince them in that 10 minutes. That's actually not the best approach for that. The approach is, you know, the individuals who are going to be in that meeting, you need to meet with them before the meeting. You need to start planting seeds about your idea, figure out what their questions and concerns are, and then answer what you can there for them individually. Then you pitch, then you follow up again with the people who have the power to make decision. How did I do? Did I answer your question? What are your thoughts? What's the next timeline? That's how you pitch a big idea. Not, it's not in the 10 minutes in the meeting. That's a game that we don't always know, but that's the game. And so I like helping women play the game and then win (laughs) my favorite thing (laughs) that's the key element (laughs) and then win 
What are the most common situations that you find women in? And could you give some examples of how you've helped marketing women in the past succeed? Absolutely. The most common problem that I see with AEC marketers is that they're spinning in circles, right? Mm -hmm. So they have a lot that they have to do technically. They've got to do proposals and content and writing and interview prep, right? All of those very tactical things that when then there is a opportunity or they are tasked with strategy and more thinking, right? Thinking through challenges, problems, and issues, they get pulled back into the doing. And then quite honestly, I think learning how to prioritize and create a plan. When I say prioritize, I mean, no one is coming to us saying, you know, we're just going to offload all the proposals so that you can really focus on digital marketing. They don't say that. They just expect you to know how to do it. Hey, are we marketing digitally? What? Go away, right? (laughs) Go away. And so I like helping people to figure out how do we start to balance and bringing in some of the new things and figuring out ways to manage what's already on your plate. I think that's super beneficial for the individual because you do need to be growing. You do need to be kind of building your skill arsenal all the time. Also, it's good for the firm because ultimately they're getting what they need and what they want. And when you're able to provide that, then it's an opportunity for the individual to also, you know, to start talking about promotion, talking about salary increases or other types of benefit packages. Okay. So one of the challenges that I've seen with myself, with several friends in marketing is that you almost have to be in the industry a certain amount of years to even be eligible for a promotion when I do think that there are some people who learn so much quicker than others, but we're such a numbers focused industry and years of experience focused industry. How do you overcome that if you're sort of not an overachiever, but I guess just an achiever? Yeah. Well, my on the record answer is I think we can absolutely make better utilization of your performance reviews, right? Right. If your performance review is a measurement of just, oh, I I put myself as a three and you manager put me as a four and we're just going to put me a 3.5, right? Mm -hmm. That can be artificially suppressed and manipulated to kind of keep you in a place until you hit some time threshold. Okay. So utilizing that time better, really showing the work that you're doing that's meaningful. And I talk about this on my blog. I'll probably repost it for the audience to easily find. But really connecting to and being able to show the activities that you are doing that are meaningful to the major initiatives of the company. That's undeniable, right? So if they like numbers, show them numbers. Here's how much revenue. Here's how many projects. Here's how many new markets, right? Get in there and get, get your facts. That's my on the record answer. Mm-hmm. My off the record answer is you may just have to find a new job. Right. You just may, like when we think about, I'm, I'm not naming companies and I'm not naming names, but I bet you everyone in the audience can think of someone they work with 
that they know is really not qualified for the title that they have, but they got it because they job hopped, right? Mm -hmm. And they went from engineer to manager to senior manager to executive in a very short amount of time. That is a game. Play the game. Yeah. It's just so unfortunate that if you want to, to get up more quickly, like you're rewarded for job hopping as opposed to staying where you're at. That's true. But I will tell you, I've also seen a number of examples where people have left a firm, mm-hmm. gone somewhere, had the opportunity, and then went back to their firm again that they really wanted to be at in the first place. Again, your mentor probably won't tell you that, right? And your right. sponsor certainly won't. But yeah. as your coach, I'm open to all possibilities. Let's, let's just talk about all the possibilities that you have at your disposal. And then let's pick two that you feel comfortable with, right? Strategically. Mm-hmm. And let's work them and see which one sprouts. When would you advise someone to bring in a career coach? Is this like a consistent thing? Sort of like a mentor that you have over the years? Is this like two to three months before you want a promotion? When do people usually bring you in? Yeah, so I love starting to have conversations with people four months, three months before there's needs to be a decision, right? Or they feel like I have a a big thing that's coming up, whether that's a crossroad or a meeting, a presentation, right? Whether that's just a decision or a move that they need to make. The reason why I like that much time is because it takes people a little bit of time to actually get clear on what it is that they want. Right. A lot of times people think, oh, I want a promotion. But I like to dig into that to say, well, what really is in that that you want? Sometimes it's not even about money. Sometimes it's a title, right? Sometimes it's not about either. It's just about experience. Right. In my previous job, I told my boss, I don't care what you call me. Pay me, right? right. Give me opportunities and pay me. You can call me whatever you want to call me. I don't care. And so I think just honoring that people need space and time to get clear about what they want and to be okay with that. Right. And then we start working very strategically on the skills and the strategy. I like working with people over a two to three month period, but then I am always available, right? So when I say, call me anytime, I really mean it versus like, oh, we got to schedule coffee or lunch or Zoom. We don't, you can literally schedule some time And we're in here working, right? Figuring it out or talking you off a ledge because you're upset and you're crying or you're mad or you're ready to quit or you have a great opportunity and you want to, you know, you want to bounce it off someone. So, yeah, very cool. Well, I also know that you're a woman of many talents. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I heard about you through SMPS OC's negotiation webinar If our listeners want to find out more about you and your work, where should I direct them? I love directing people to connect with me on LinkedIn. I am currently redoing my website. And so if you are listening to this in the month of September, it is under construction, new site coming soon. But I really am creating a a space of community there. So I'm excited to have people be able to connect with me through my website, which is bossladycoach, 
And if you want to kind of test drive, right, you want to see what it, what am I like in the classroom? What am I like when I'm really digging in and working with people? I'm doing an SMPS intensive in October. This is out of uh, SMPS headquarters where we're going to be talking about change management mm -hmm. and really just learning frameworks to manage all the changes, all the moving parts, right? All the different priorities within your job and your role and helping people have a framework to move through that well. And I will link that in this episode's show notes along with your LinkedIn profile and your website. Awesome. Well, Maisha, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you, Keelan. I really appreciate you creating this space and this podcast. Again, I want to say congratulations on just achieving so much success in such a short amount of time. I really enjoy the podcast. Oh, thank you. That's great to hear. All right, Marketeers, that is it for this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast with Maisha Hagen. I will link everything she mentioned in the show notes. On a totally separate note, if there are any questions you would like me to cover or any subjects you would like me to go over or even people you would like me to interview, please feel free to send me an email at aecmarketeer.com at gmail.com with any and all suggestions. If you're enjoying this podcast, as always, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon. <laughs>